New technologies are advancing at a rapid pace. The way we communicate and do business is changing. New models of payment systems, commercial activity, and even the way we keep track of things, like of complex supply chains, are emerging. It can be overwhelming looking for a modern solution. This is where the core group enters the stage. Core group are communications and public relations specialists covering the latest in the crypto and blockchain industry advancement. They provide services such as press release campaigns, article writing, radio interviews, and their own monthly crypto magazine publication and daily crypto news portal, plus a whole lot more. Being one of the fastest growing crypto media organizations in the ecosystem, they are set to make a splash in this new technological area. Want to find out more about your favorite blockchain solution, ICO, or just want to stay up to date with the blockchain ecology? Visit their website to learn more at coregroup.info. Hello and welcome to Core Radio. This is Lutz coming to you live with uh, an interview. It's a simple interview. It's somebody that uh, is very educated in the ways of environment, sustainability, uh, strategy, uh, renewable energy. Uh, he has uh, many skills above those. Uh, let's welcome Leonard Harley. Welcome, Leonard. Hey, Lutz. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you for inviting me back, mate. Hey, you know, after we we spoke afterwards, you know, I started realizing that you know you you knew you knew a lot more and you were a lot more open minded than I, you know, than most people that come on the show. Uh, you know, you were very interested in what I had to say about you know many uh, holistic uh, alternative type protocols. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think you have a, lo a lot more to contribute than, than just, uh, you know, what we spoke about in the Earth Token. Uh, yeah, I, what, I, what, I found, what I found very interesting about what you said to me, I actually uh, researched a lot of what you, of the information you passed across to me for, a, for personal reasons. I have a friend who's going through a bit of a tough time with something. And um, it's kind of weird, I think, the, the underlying thread that struck me is that more and more it's becoming evident that there are alternative ways of doing things which seem to have been suppressed for a long, long time. And I suppose that's just uh, evidence of the systemic corruption under which we live, eh? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, this, they, uh, they call it, they call it uh, Big Pharma, right? There's a lot of uh, yeah. industries out there that that rely on people being sick. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people that bring home a very large income, you know, and rely on people being sick all the time. Well, I read somewhere uh, that the average cancer patient in America has a price tag of somewhere between fifty and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on their head when they uh, enter into these old school chemo. We're going to kill you with radiation treatment stories. Yeah, well, that's it, not it's not just the the patients they're invested in; it's also the machines they're invested in. All these scans yeah. and X-ray machines, you know, just for cancer. Uh, you know, not well other other things too. But you know, I think once once the the treatment for cancer is the same treatment for so many more diseases out there, and it's you know taking a holistical route is. I mean, what what harm can it do, you know, 
if the doctor tells you, you know, you only have a few months to live, why not give it a try? Absolutely. I think, unfortunately, the situation is that, um, and I don't think this is uh, ring fence to healthcare. I think this is endemic across the across society. I think that um, we unfortunately have a situation that, in certain instances, the interests of large corporations and the profit motive is not directly or correctly aligned with the actual interests of the end consumer. I mean, healthcare is a very good example. They don't want to cure people. They want to treat sick people. Right. And, you know, the, the longer they, they could uh, make it last, you know, the more money they make, uh, you know, a yeah. cured, uh, a cured, what's the saying? A cured patient is, uh, Well, it's I a forgot the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a cured uh, patient is a non-paying patient. Right, exactly. It's so you know, it's it's definitely something Bob Beck said. Uh, I don't know if people know it out there. Bob Beck is one of my heroes. Uh, he passed away. They said he hit his head. Uh, I I don't really believe that. You know, I, I think he was uh, he was really damaging the industry, uh, showing people how to cure themselves. And uh, but this. Yeah, but yeah. this is what they do. This is what they do. This is what happens when people from the outside uh, invent or develop or, you know, discover groundbreaking new things which fall outside of their ability to control and profit from it. They get, you know, they get marginalized and they get push, pushed to the edges and they get pushed into, well, that's lunatic fringe stuff. And they get discredited. But... It's it's unfortunately, you know, I just look at the way things are going and it it seems to me that we're we're starting to live in a world where there is this complete and systemic corruption and collusion between government and these mega multinational corporations. And they really do not have the interests of common folk at heart. It's all about their own personal motivations in terms of profit, greed, power. All those types of things, but there is a there is some good news on the horizon, I guess. Well, you know, I personally believe it's the environment, right? It's not well, not just the environment. Well, it all kind of ties into the environment, really. I mean, the way you grow food, right? That's an environmental variable. Well, uh, I think. I you know, I, I think it's important to actually grasp the context within which we live. <laughs> okay, everything in, in everything about us comes from the earth. So if we are not in balance and in sync with what the earth as a planet can provide us, then the equation is out of whack, and something has to give somewhere along the line. Um, you know, society is, uh, commerce is a byproduct of society. So the needs of commerce cannot and should not exceed the needs and wants of society. And society lives within the natural environment. Therefore, the needs and wants of society as a whole cannot and should not exceed what the earth can provide from an ongoing sustainable perspective. And I think it's when we intersect these things, and start to understand that there is a misalignment and, and a, a malappropriation, if you like. Um, 
if we look at the financial system, it's certainly not geared towards the wants and the needs of society. It's directly geared towards the wants and the needs of a very select privileged few who live above the law. That's I mean, the, yeah, well, it's true. Like what Jamie Dimon does. There's no doubt about that. You know, if, if we acted like our governments act, we would be behind bars. But they get away with it because there is this misalignment. So, yeah, well, I mean, obviously they have, environmental is very... They have, they have, they have this FDA, Sorry, right? They have this FDA here yeah, yeah. in the United States. I don't know. Is it over there also? Uh, you, no, not where I am, but uh, I, I know what you mean. So we have this Food and Drug Administration, right? And what basically what they say is if it cannot be proven, then you can't use it. Mm-hmm. But but if you don't if you don't try it and use it, how could you prove it? And how would you ever know? You know, so the only solutions they have are in pills, you know, which I'm sure Big Pharma pays a lot of money to the FDA to get all those approved. And uh, and they show their their double blinded tests that they call it, right? Which these tests are are you know done by the people you know, selling the pills. So, you know, of course it's going to be in their favor. How's this for a, for a hypocritical scenario? Okay. Quoting the food and drug administration. Um, okay. I'm a smoker, right? And we all know cigarettes are bad for you. So how can they legally allow that to continue? Well, right. Well, you know, if, if it's so bad, right. But you know, it's, that that personally comes down to everyone's personal property, right? It, your body is your property. Your body is the the first piece of property you've owned since you were a child. And yes, but but by but by contrast to that, then they go and ban other substances which they can't control and they cannot tax. Although I suppose that's changing now with the uh, with the new marijuana laws and things that are happening. Right, but at the end of the day. Uh, these laws just create I co- what uh, what I call a, the red button syndrome, right? I mean, you're telling yes. people they can't push the red button, and at the end of the day, everybody wants to push that button. Yeah. And uh, you know, if I mean, if if there was a heroin needle in the middle of a room, you know, I guarantee you, no one's gonna jump up and run for it. You know, it's it's that's a, that's a personal choice everybody makes for themselves. You know, and the fact is that. Even with all these laws that they're creating, it's going to happen anyway. I mean, whether the, the person will find it no matter what. So you, you, you're not you're not really doing anything to help the situation. The the drug war is a, is a huge failure. Well, in, in effect, all they're doing is pushing it into the realms of illegal activity and actually fueling criminal activity. And yeah, anyway, I suppose that's all different topic. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, but it, it's it is all relative to you know how how we're getting uh, you know detained in, through regulation. Uh, but you know that aside, you know you could go to the more lightweight stuff. You know, like growing a marijuana plant in your house. I mean, like really, you're going to stop me from doing that? Really, that you know mm. you can't you can't stop people from that. I mean, they can. They're doing it. But I mean, it's a it's a weed that grows from from the ground and. You know, who are you to tell people that they can't grow that? You know, it's, it's well. I mean, it's not something that I follow a lot, but uh, 
I have seen that there's more and more advances being made, and it's now actually being seen as a medicinal plant. It has it's significant, it's always been. significant benefits to people with Alzheimer's disease and all sorts of things. It's always been a medicinal plant. A medicinal plant. It's a. It, it's it's possibly a cure for uh, for cancer. You know, the, yeah. you know, the, Rick Rick Simpson is the guy who made an oil out of hemp, right? And mm -hmm. he said you put it in your gums, and he was curing people. He was curing people. It was amazing. Uh, you know, they but they couldn't have that. You know, you, we can't have you curing people. That that's ridiculous. I mean, that's. God, you know, God forbid they actually looked into it, right? So, uh, they they confiscated all his plants. They confiscated everything. Uh, they did bring him to court, and they tried to arrest him and put him in jail. But when when they got to court, uh, everyone he cured showed up. They showed up, and you know it was one of those moments where the hairs on your neck stand up. You know when everyone gets up and says he cured me he yeah. cured me i have I, I have no cancer anymore he cured me what the f you know at that point what the f is the judge gonna say right I yeah mean, yeah it he actually me, cured people it reminds me of when john denver stood up in front of a congressional hearing and actually exposed what was going on in the musical industry and look what happened to him mate yeah well you know they 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 totally raped him they they totally uh, you know, banned him from doing what he does. Uh, he, he cured his own brother of uh, lung cancer. I mean, that's that's so that's, that's so amazing. awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and the guy smokes, and the guy continues to smoke till this day. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think if if we think of it from a, a human perspective, the the corruption and the monopolistic control of the healthcare industry is probably one of the most insidious ones because it directly affects people to the at their core and it and it, it it affects families and the the long-lasting impacts of the fact that it seems that these large-scale medical organizations are not interested in curing people and only interested in the profit and the greed motive that's very insidious right. because because of the effect that it has you know well let's like what what could we do as people to to free ourselves and, th and this is the, the the battle right this is the constant battle amongst people like me and you or yeah. you and i right and uh it, it's it, what what could we do to well to help ourselves well you know my personal belief is first and foremost use the new blockchain technology that's now proven to be stable and secure and self-regulating and exit the corrupt financial system. Because regaining personal sovereignty over your finances is the first step towards regaining complete and total personal sovereignty. But it comes with responsibility, Lewis, and this is the thing. Right. I think you know, in, in our society, if you think, okay, I'll think back to when I was growing up, there were certain things that we were taught at school. This is what you've got to do, and this is how you do it, and so on and so forth. And then there were other things that were taboo. You don't deal with that. That's taken care of for you within the society that you live in. And, of course, one of those areas is the financial system. 
And I think more and more people are realizing how corrupt and how <laughs> what, the lie that we're being fed. Right. And how the fact that I, I, I'll give you an example. My, my youngest son, he's looking to go to university in the UK. So he has to take a student loan. That means that by the time he finishes his, his, his varsity, he's locked into their debt model. And yep. so for me, the first thing is taking back my, my personal financial control. And I'm doing that by moving or living on the, the Bitcoin blockchain. Right. Me too. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't even have a bank account anymore. I don't want to be connected to this system in any way. And so, you see, us as consumers, we, we actually have the ultimate control because we control our own spend. You vote with your, with your, with your money, right? So if people just started to get a bit wiser in terms of the products that they purchased and the companies that they supported in those purchases, the bad ones are either going to change their ways and start playing the game, or they're going to go out of business. But I, I think it's, a, it's going to be a long time before we get to that real level of societal conscience, if you like, in terms of ethical buying. You know, you know, seems... you know, we really need, we really need a method, uh, such as bank accounts and routing numbers, right? And checking accounts, right? But all mm -hmm. in, all in Bitcoin, so that when your employer, because normally when, when you go for a job, they, they ask for your bank account information so that they could pay, you know, set up the direct deposit, right? Because they don't do paper anymore. Uh, we need a method for them to be able to send. We, we, need, we need a Bitcoin account. We need an account so that so we don't have to use the banking system anymore. So, so what I'm saying is we're, we're forced. We're forced to use the banking system. There, yes. There, there's, there's no way out of it. I mean, if, if you want to set up automatic payments, you, you need a bank, bank account. Or when you go buy a car, you need a bank account. I mean, what, well, th think of it like this, Fritz. If I wanted to control a group of people, what's the easiest way to control them? It's through their ability to spend and feed themselves and live. So if you force people into a particular financial system, you have the ability to switch them on or off. I mean, today everything's electronic. I mean, you could literally be switched off with a flip of a bit. And what do you do then? So, yeah. Right. They close your accounts, they uh, freeze it, and you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So if, the way I look at it, I, I just... <laughs> once, once my eyes were open to what Bitcoin could offer as an, as an off-ramp out of this current broken system, it became a no-brainer. Right. Like, yeah. So, so how, how do you, I mean, how do you think we could, we could use the blockchain besides what I said, because I really think somebody needs to come out with a, a method to replace routing numbers, like checking accounts to just replace even, even the way they work so that, you know, it, it'll look like you're putting it in a bank account, but it's going directly into your Bitcoin account, right? You know, there's got to be some some technology that'll translate and convert all that. 
but uh, you know that aside, how ca how else can we use the blockchain to help help our situation here? I mean, we have a lot of economic issues, right? We have mm -hmm. uh, we have aluminum being put into into the waters, yeah, uh, being sprayed possibly from the air. I'm not sure how true that is. They say there's uh, contrails, right? Uh, there's you know every time they dig up metal from the ground, the byproduct. The crap that comes out with it is aluminum. Uh -huh. There's aluminum everywhere. It's in it's in your deodorant. I mean, sadly enough to say, you know what you're doing when you put deodorant on is you're blocking your pores with aluminum. Aluminum is very very bad for the body. Uh, when you block the toxins from getting out, the toxins are naturally staying in your body and causing oh. all sorts of issues. So, and you know they say that's one of the biggest reasons girls get breast cancer. You know, guys could get it too, but mo you know, mostly women. Uh, it's because the the deodorant, you know, has aluminum in it. Uh, there's a lot of other products out there. Spray aerosol cans for your feet, right? Uh, you know, those powders that come out of the aerosol cans is uh, is is aluminum in in your salt. Uh, you know, I use Himalayan salt. There's a there's aluminum in your salt. Look at look at look at the package. It's it's all over the place. There, you know, and it inhibits your body from from uh, regenerating you know i i believe the reason why people get sick is because of their immune system you yeah know, of course it's it's all about your immune system if, if your immune system gets to a point where it's constantly fighting all these foreign invasions in your system no matter what it is so you know it could be electromagnetic frequencies right it could be the aluminum that comes from the from what i just said it could be uh, toxins that are coming out of the food, the packaged foods you eat, right? Uh, it, you know, it could be, uh, uh, you know, Monsanto and, and the, the genetically modified stuff in, you know, in the food itself. I mean, there's so many variables out there that you need to now watch out for. People don't know that they have to watch out for it. They have no well, idea. I'll give you, no, I'll give you an example with food, right? Here where I live, um, there are a lot of people who have small allotments who grow food right but because it's a tropical environment you have these <laughs> very clever insects who love to eat the fruit so you'll often see on these allotments you'll see these guys walking around with these spraying things and I, when i found out what it was i was shocked because the poison that they're using is so deadly you have to you have to go to a special place with a permit to buy it. Yet they're spraying it on the food and then they harvest it and eventually it makes its way into the food system. Right. <laughs> yep. It's just, yeah. mm -hmm. it's astounding. Yeah, I, I'd rather eat the bugs, honestly. They're probably a lot more protein. <laughs> but I do think that, I do think blockchain technology is going to revolutionize all aspects of our lives. I mean, I don't really even believe what I read on the back of, of of packaging with food and stuff because there's no controls there's you used to say that what's published there is the is the truth um i certainly don't believe that any large corporation like nestle who believes that water should be a controlled corporate product i mean how ridiculous is that <laughs> that's uh, why, why i got I, why, why am i going to believe anything that they print on their packaging well yeah well you know it's i, I didn't hear about that about the water but you know what i got I got uh, the containers outside that get filled up when the, when it rains, so yeah. I, I I gather my own water personally. 
Uh, I with water, you know, there's there's a lot of issues here in New York. Uh, they chlorinate our water. I don't know if they do that to you. Mm-hmm. So the chlorine, another variable that downs your immune system, is the yeah. chlorine in the water. It's it's killing you, man. You don't even yeah. know it. And you know what? Every time it, it's forced, it's forced medication. So they put chlorine. Uh, forget the chlorine. You know what? They put fluoride in our water. Did you know they put fluoride in our water? Some some brilliant genius decided that drinking fluoride is good for your teeth. And then they went to go put it in everybody's water. Fluoride is another byproduct of what comes out of uh, digging up aluminum from the ground and, uh, you know, metals from the ground. Fluoride is a byproduct. They had so much of it, they have no idea where the hell to put it, right? It, it, it's very expensive to to uh, expose of it, you know, because there's a, a procedure to expose of fluoride. Uh, you know what? So, so they found oh, an easy solution. Put it into yeah. humans. <laughs> yeah. Give it, put, put it in our water supply. Just pour it yeah. into our water. What? Are you kidding me? So, so now they're forcefully medicating us through the water. I mean, how could you stand for that? I mean, who, who are you to forcefully medicate me? So I have, I have reverse osmosis systems. I distill my water for an even better quality water. Uh, I have filters in my shower because every time you take a shower, you absorb one glass of water through your pores. You know, you know, you know. If somebody's dehydrating and dying, you don't you don't give them water through their mouth. You don't you don't tell them to drink water. You put them in a bathtub full of water, hmm. and it, and the pores from your skin will absorb and you know bring that person back faster than just drinking water. Well, I mean, there's, there are machines available now, which both at the domestic and industrial level, um, that actually extract water out of the humidity in the air. It's something that we've looked at because of the line of business that I'm in. It, it, it is, it's, it's related to this whole environmental thing that we're doing. Um, and those are very interesting products because the process that's used there essentially separates all the shit from out of the, out of the, 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 the humidity. And what you're left with is a is a pure pure water, a pure drinking product, a potable right. water. I always wondered if if I use the you know a humidifier, right? If I use the humidifier, because when when I do use the humidifier in my basement, I, it fills up with water fast, man. I mean, like holy shit, it's taking all this water from the air and yeah. put it making it water. And what if I take that water, put it through my distiller, and now it's clean water? Correct. You actually have these machines that you can buy that does this at uh, you can buy home machines and they're machines that like big hotels can buy that produce uh, kiloliters of water per annum. It's amazing. So, yeah. I do think I do think blockchain technology is going to revolutionize a lot of areas. Um, you know, right now, for the last while, the big hype has been the fact that we've seen this huge investment through these alternative funding mechanisms going into um, projects that are there to essentially um, make the blockchain ecosystem itself more robust and create technologies and protocols within the blockchain system ecosystem but i think as time progresses we're going to see more and more more and more people understand the disruptive potential of decentralized transactional ledgers and what they can do within certain processes and they will start to translate them into real world 
applications that sit outside of the blockchain or basically connect the blockchain with the real world, if you follow me. Mm. That's when we're going to start to see some big changes happening. Yep. Bitcoin's already doing it with, I mean, where's, where's a better example than Bitcoin? It's doing it with finance. So how, how do you how do you think that we, you know blockchain technology could help uh, you know the, these issues we're talking about here? Well, I mean, I, I I couldn't comment on industries that I'm not involved in because I don't have the domain expertise. But certainly within in my industry, I know what we're going to be doing, and it's it's definitely going to it's definitely going to provide an environment that's going to be more transparent and more secure and more. I think you cut out a little bit there. Say that one more time. But... Uh, what I said is I can't comment on industries that I, that I don't have domain expertise in like healthcare and food production and stuff because it's not my area of expertise. But certainly within the area that we, within which I operate and what we're doing, I know, um, I know for a fact that uh, the plan that we have will, will make transactions more secure um, more transparent, more universally accessible. It'll reduce the inefficiencies in the market. It'll reduce costs. It'll reduce barriers to entry. It'll remove the middlemen. All those things that the disruptive promise of blockchain technology actually promises. You, you know, uh, we, we actually have uh, somebody asking questions in the, the chat box on CryptoCoreRadio.com. Uh, so yep. they're asking... Uh, Tell us more about environmental impact mitigation. What are the natural assets? Okay, so a natural asset is in the context, I'm assuming they're asking in the context of, of our white paper. Is that correct? Oh, uh, what is your, you know, we were just talking, you know, just having a chat about the environment. Uh, what, what white paper are you speaking of? Okay. okay. Uh, I'm talking about the one that we're running on our program. Okay, never mind that. Um, so a natural asset is something that we can consume that uh, either has a positive effect on the environment or it is an asset that we are using that needs to be used in a responsible manner. So, for example, uh, one example of a consuming natural asset would be the water table, right? If we consume water and we do it in a responsible manner, then water becomes a resource that can be replenished and reused and it's a, it's a naturally, naturally sustainable type of asset. Another example would be something like a carbon credit. So an organization that is essentially sinking um, CO2 into the biomass and as a result, they convert that positive activity into a tradable financial instrument, which they sell on the open market. And then somebody can consume that um, financial instrument as part of a mitigation strategy. So that could be, that would, would also be classified as a natural asset. Gotcha. What, what is this CO2 stuff you speak of? I'm not, I'm, I haven't done my research on that. Okay. So, we have to go all the way back to a very basic climate change or a, a very basic uh, understanding of how of of how the, the near surface temperature of our earth how that's actually maintained naturally 
sans humans. Let's just take humans out of the picture. So naturally, there is this, um, <clears throat> this effect called the greenhouse gas effect. And water vapor is a greenhouse gas, and there's a whole bunch of other greenhouse gases. And what these gases do is essentially consider a, a beam of light, a ray of sunshine traveling from the sun all the way to the earth. It passes through the atmosphere and it hits the surface of the earth where that solar radiation is absorbed and effectively it's converted into heat. And that heat is then re-radiated from the surface of the earth back out into space. Now, is that called no green... is that called the yeah. evapotranspiration? Oh, I don't know about that term. Um, could be. Oh no, wait, um, that, that, that's that's when the water when it rains. You know what? That that's something else. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something else. So, when when this heat is re-radiated back out into space, if there were no greenhouse gases, then all that heat would just escape, and essentially, we would this would be a cold, dead, lifeless planet. But because we have these greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, what they do is they actually trap some of that heat and essentially bounce it back down to the Earth. And that causes the near surface temperature of the Earth all around the planet to be at a fairly constant, stable temperature. Now, I know people say, yes, but it's 32 degrees here and it's minus five there. But the reality of it is when you look at it from a global perspective, this causes the near surface temperature of the Earth to be at a fairly constant type temperature on average. And that is the key to sustaining of life. So it's a natural, absolutely natural process. The problem that's happened since the Industrial Revolution is we have taken fossil fuels out of the, out of the ground and we are combusting those through very inefficient, very, very inefficient combustion, combustion processes to convert the stored energy of the fossil fuels into a usable energy that we can use, like electricity or fuels to drive transport systems. Of course, that's all very well and fine, but the inefficiency within the combustion process results in byproducts during that process. The the gases that we can't use uh, because the process is inefficient. So if you think of a, of a motor vehicle, it burns fuel, it's an inefficient process, and it results in things like carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide and excess gases which are emitted as a byproduct of, the, of that inefficient process. Now, CO2, when it's released into the atmosphere, it is a greenhouse gas, so it traps heat. So essentially what's happened, if you think of it conceptually now, since the Industrial Revolution, we have taken enormous amounts of... Okay. ...of these excess gases, these greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. And the fear by scientists is that we will get to a point where we have released so much natural coping systems which absorb CO2, like the biomass, plants breathe in CO2 and they release oxygen, 
the fear is that we'll get to a tipping point where the Earth's natural coping mechanisms cannot cope anymore. It's like the immune system of your body. It can't cope anymore, so it shuts down. But obviously, with the greenhouse gas effect, it, it's a different um, effect. Uh, it will just trap more and more heat, and then it turns into a vicious cycle, and eventually the near-surface temperature of the Earth will rise and rise and rise and rise, and eventually it will get so high that it will automatically kill all life on the planet. That's the fear. That's the implication. So how do you suggest we mitigate it? Well, it's a complex and question. It's a bit, that's, you know, there is no singular silver bullet one sentence answer to that, Lutz. Everything is interconnected. So it is a, it, it's, it's a very, very complex uh, topic. Um, but one can simplify it, if you know what I mean. And I think the, the most important, um, the most important thing that we need to do is we need to move away from the use of fossil fuels to renewable sources of energy. So things like solar and wind and hydro. I mean, solar has enormous potential. If it's, if, if we can figure out how to harness that technology correctly and bring the costs down and rapidly implement the use of sort of uh, photovoltaics as a mechanism to generate electricity that could be this that that could be the end game yeah, well, J john mcafee uh, you know is is setting up a whole mining uh you know a, a mining bitcoin uh, setup yeah yeah using you know power from a waterfall or kind of like the way tesla set it up back in the day Yeah, so I think the, the, the true long-term answer is in the use of renewables. In the short term, I think the answer lies in um, readjusting our behaviors and taking cognizance of our impacts and then think processes and mechanisms in place so that we can mitigate those impacts and the scales. So how could we use blockchain technology to uh, to make everyone's lives better? I mean, it's uh, so far it is making people's lives better because you know people are finding their freedom, uh, their financial freedom right now through the application called Bitcoin uh, on, yes. on blockchain. You know, so but how can we use blockchain? You know, to assist you know in you know helping you know measure measuring how much co2 is being put in the atmosphere right and you know mitigating how much is being put in the atmosphere well well thankfully there's actually a, a number of protocols that have already been developed that are they seem complicated but when you actually look at them they're fairly simple uh, it's just consultants tend to hype them in terms of complexity because i guess that's how they make their money but there are a number of protocols out there which give you Sort of a step-by-step -step guide. Let's take a company example. There's, there's, there's a protocol called the Greenhouse Gas Institute, Greenhouse Gas Protocol, which was developed by the World Resource Institute. And this protocol is like a step-by-step -step guide for a company to say, okay, you take all these things that you are essentially spending money on to use within your business, you classify them according to certain rules, and then you apply... Um, it could almost be considered accounting measures to them 
right? And at the end of the day, you end up with a number. And that number is indicative of what your negative impact is on the environment. And once you've done that, then you can find a way to go and um, seek products or solutions that counteract or counterbalance that particular negative environmental impact. So the tools are all out there. Um, obviously, what blockchain brings to the to the party is the ability to now have an indelible, immutable record of a particular transaction. So if we apply that to carbon accounting, it will bring, I think, more legitimacy to the numbers because a company will now know that when it publishes or when it writes its um, environmental impact that it's calculated, when it writes that transaction to the blockchain, it's there and it can't be removed and it's there forever. So I think it could bring legitimacy from that perspective. Okay. Uh, so uh, we, we have somebody asking, uh, so the carbon footprint can be filled back in with positive credits in theory. Does that Absolutely. already happen? Yes. That, that's, that's something that is, that's been around for a few years, in fact. Um, and, and it actually takes place at two levels. We have what they call the compliance market, which is under the auspices of the UNFCCC, which is the United Nations movement um, or effort or initiative on climate change. And that really relates to countrywide emissions and large exceed a certain level of emissions exceed those emissions they have to essentially buy or pay a fine if you want to call it that but if they're under those emissions they're essentially given a credit and they can trade that credit as a financial instrument so that happens at a, at a macro level and then within the voluntary market which falls outside of the, the legislated space there are projects that are doing similar things um, for example, we work with a project in, in Zimbabwe called the Kariba Red Project. They are increasing the biomass, uh, preserving forests, growing forests, using um, a tree called the Mohimba tree, which is a very, very fast-growing subtropical tree. And it stores an enormous amount of CO2 within itself in a given cycle. So what they do on a very, very large scale is they go out and they, they grow these trees and on a cyclical basis, they're audited and um, the amount of CO2 that they've sunk into the biomass is scientifically calculated. And then that certified, verified activity is converted into a financial instrument called a carbon credit. And then they sell those carbon credits in the open market and companies can then buy those credits to counteract their negative environmental impact. Wow. So, so what's this? What's this? Uh, this coin, Earth, Earth uh, coin or Earth token? Uh, yeah, there is actually something that. Uh, there, <laughs> this has actually caused a bit of confusion. There is actually something called Earth coin, which is not us. That's something else. Um, but what we are doing is we're launching a. We are launching a, a currency called Earth token. And the idea behind it is that, that it will be a single common store of value and medium of exchange 
that's used for the trading of natural assets across a blockchain-based platform that we will be building called the Natural Asset Exchange. And essentially, the, the, the very simplistic idea behind it is that we will create an open and transparent trading platform that connects um, suppliers with consumers directly without the need for middlemen and without the need for the inefficiencies and the high barrier of entry and the siloed environment that we see today. All right. Well, that could be a you know a small step to help the environment, or or a very large step, you know, in your opinion, right? I mean, there's still a lot that needs to be done as on the corporate ends. Uh, you know, you can't stop people like Monsanto. You can't even get them to use things like this, right? Because they'll probably sure, make their own I law. Think, but you know, I think the thing is, we've been we've been operating in this space for nearly a decade now. And certainly within the corporations that we deal with, there is a definite will to want to do the right thing. But they they stuck because, you know, when you're out there trying to do your business, business is tough. It's hard. So you need to focus on what you need to do to run your business. It becomes hard to justify a huge resource exercise and cost exercise to attack this issue of what is our negative environmental impact and how do we deal with it so i mean what we've done is we've put together a whole bunch of solutions which make it easy for them frictionless for them to implement doing the right thing and certainly within the guys that we've been talking to over the years there is definitely a will to want to do the right thing i think you do have these unfortunate, very, very national, large scale bad apples who don't care. But I do think that by and large, the majority of small and medium size and, and small corporates and, and even bigger corporates, I think they do want to do the right thing, Lutz. I don't think it's a case of they don't care. They just need the tools and they need the trust. That's the thing. They need the tools and they need to have the, the trust in the system that they are using that it is trustworthy that it is transparent and that their activity does not go unnoticed and that they have the ability to have faith in what they are essentially investing in right well that all comes down to their bottom line i mean if if it positively affects their bottom line they they'll they'll consider it right you know, if it does if it doesn't then you know it's definitely not going to happen because you know these big corporations it's all about their bottom line you know, everyone's but expendable. this is where we as consumers come in this is where it's so important that we as consumers start to think with an ethical purchasing model in our minds so that we take the time to decide am i going to buy company a's product or am i going to buy company b product i choose company b because i I know that they are ethical and there is trustworthy proof that they are acting ethically. Okay. Hey, in, 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 your, in your work, you know, in the type of work that you do, what elements you know, do, you, do, you, do you interact with? Is it water? Like, what kind of things do you work with most of the time you know, using your testing instruments? 
Okay, so no, we, we come at it from a um, we come at it from a more macro perspective. So we we would engage with an organisation. We would help them do an assessment in terms of what is their negative environmental impact in terms of CO2 emissions equivalent, and then we find ingenious ways for them to essentially integrate the principle of environmental sustainability into their core business at the transactional level, so that just by doing business, they end up doing the right thing automatically. And that's been proven to be quite successful because it now removes the need from their side to make a big investment in terms of knowledge and resources and so on and so forth. Is it is there any idea that we could we could come up with to uh, make it, the quality of water better? I mean, I, water water is one of my biggest fascinations. I'm fascinated by water, biggest mystery in the world. Right? Uh, there was a doctor called uh, Doctor Masuru Emoto, uh, M A S A R U, uh, Emoto, yes. and uh, he's another hero of mine. And he he found that water is alive. Water is a living thing. And uh, you know, if you if you uh, if you play Beethoven, the water of the, the structure of the water changes. And if you play some hard rock, you know, the structure of the water changes, you know, to a more negative, disgusting design. Uh, you know, it's a more of a splatter, ugly design uh -huh. in the structures. And then when he played Beethoven to the to the water, froze it, put it underneath the electron microscope, right? He found that, you know, the, the water looked like a beautiful 3D structured snowflake that like yes. what comes down. So uh, so he found that it's living. And on that note, uh, there was another Russian scientist, I forgot his name, that actually did an experiment with five different people. And uh, every every one person that that interacted with their their pot of water right each one of them had their own pot of water uh you know they touched it they spoke to it every single sample that came from uh the their each individual's pot of water was a was an exact structure for that person uh when they switched the water the pots of water around and they you know they gave one to another per one person's water to another person's water the water would go back to the original structure for that one person and would look the same just for that one person. And <laughs> so it, it was, it's, this is really a fascinating, I mean, it goes back to b biblical times where, you know, sure. you know, where holy water, you know, that's, it was known to cure people and to heal people. And, uh, you know, because in, you know, Masoro Emoto believed that there's a resonance, a, a resonance that cut, it, that it that it listens to, uh, positive residents will make the water structure, uh, you know, into into a beautiful structure, and uh, when you talk to it and you know you you say positive things to your water, it'll structure, uh, and then I believe when you drink that positive structured water, you know things grow faster, things heal faster. And, you know, if you think about it, our bodies are composed of 90-something 90, 90 percent water or 80-something percent water, right? That has an effect. Well, it has an effect on us also. I, I think, I mean, let's look at it realistically, okay? We, we, we live within 
essentially we live within nature, but over the last few hundred years, we've put more and more things in place to try and separate ourselves from nature. So we build these big cities with no parks and sidewalks and roads and but essentially, everything is interconnected. The fact that we should be more connected with our natural environment. So more and more discoveries like this will take place. I, I saw a very interesting documentary the other day about how plants actually have and the, I'm talking different species of plants now, so not right. a singular species, how within a given particular biomass area, how the plants actually have a root network that connects them all, and they share data, basically. They have their own internet. It's underground. <laughs> yeah, they, and they, they do that so, through, they through that, they do that through, uh, you know, funguses. There's a whole there's a whole structure yeah. to, to the ground. When I when I grow outside, I I don't I don't use a till of you know I, I don't till my garden. I keep everything exactly the way it is and I just add more to the top. Because I believe that there's a whole structure that's been created in that soil uh, that I will interrupt. You know, there's a is bacteria beneficial bacteria is in there there's bugs there's bur you know worms uh funguses in there you know and they, they've created a whole network that now if i till it i'm going to interrupt that so so exactly. i don't do i don't i don't till my garden uh, for that reason uh, I, I just add more now come along and and the worst thing you can do now is come along and um start to inject man-made chemicals into an ecosystem that actually has natural balance Right. And, you know, I, I do I do little other stupid things that other people would probably say I'm crazy. Uh, I have like wires that run run along the garden that I connect the 12 volt battery to. And uh, I, I put a little electrical charge into the soil. I have, uh, you know, I have magnets spread spread out all inside the soil. I, I've, I've thrown magnets in in my soil uh, to increase the circulation for the for the plants uh so so many stupid little things you know like I'll, i have a, a solar f uh flash uh you know you know those like the club lights they're they're flesh yeah, yeah. lights uh strobe lights i got a I got a solar strobe light you know that that uh, that'll uh what it's known strobe lights are known if you keep it on a plant it it, it makes the chlorophyll react uh, stimulates it yeah Right, so it's you know like I got I, I I do a lot of stupid things, but uh, you know to me they're not stupid. It's like a certain, I've, I'll do anything to make my my plants grow beautifully and to nourish myself. You know, at the sure. end of the day, I'm doing all this to get the best nourishment for my body. You know, so if I could get them to grow as in in the the best method possible, you know, it, it's it, it I'm I'm the I'm the benefit of it. I have ninety. Sure. I have all 90 different minerals in my soil, you know, so I, I make sure I make sure that whatever goes into the whatever the plants eat, you know, is what I'm going to eat. Right. So I want all the minerals possible in my soil. Uh, but I think but I think, look, you know, let's not kid ourselves. 
from that kind of perspective, we're very privileged, eh? Ex extremely privileged people in, in, in this, I hate to call it Western society, but there is a massive, massive, massive inequality um, in the world today. And there are billions of people that are suffering who never get the chance to even contemplate the type of intellectual things that you and I are discussing now. Because they're just living under this systemically corrupt yoke. Well, a lot of people are indoctrinated in the system. I mean, they, they yeah. feel like they got to go to work every goddamn day, right? I mean, they, their, their sole job is to, to make backups of tapes every day. And, uh, to, you know, feed to, the consumer machine. Right. And to monitor the network for big pharma so that, you know, they can get more orders in. Right. Fuck but them. Don't you think things are changing? Don't you think that there is a slowly but surely uh, there's a grassroots growing movement of people that are waking up and switching on to the fact that we need to get out of that system? Oh yeah. And oh yeah, every, I got everyone I got, everyone that wakes up realizes like my path was oh bitcoin oh, oh wow okay yeah right that's it there's my off ramp. I think I think bitcoin is just a start. I mean people have been waking up for a long time now. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. people that are now, you know, ignoring chemo, you know, the doctors even though the doctors threaten them uh, they still yes. don't want it, you know, and they still they still refuse it, which good for them. Uh, you know, try. And you, what does you, it hurt? You see, and you see the thing, the 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 liberating thing with this approach, is that every single person who gets switched on to what's going on and realizes that they can start to take control of their personal sovereignty. Uh, they become an evangelist and they teach another and they teach another and they teach another. And I don't think they're going to stop this movement. It's going to, the system will kick back. We've already seen it. Um, I don't know if you know, the, the uh, Visa network or Visa have uh, basically shut down these um, crypto debit cards that were being issued right. out of Europe. They stopped right. working yesterday. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yesterday. They, they, they stopped them. And uh, so now these um, companies that are offering these real-time crypto to fiat debit cards that you can use at an ATM or use it at a, at a merchant, you know, the ones that do the real-time conversion on your wallet that's on the card? Yeah. They now no longer allow to issue those cards outside of Europe. So the system will kick back, but I don't think that I don't think it'll win in the end. I think people will. I think isn't will isn't that the way I, BitPay? I, I, I have hope. Isn't that the way BitPay works? I mean, I I, 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 I don't I, know BitPay specifically, mate. So I'll, I can I get my Bitcoin right. I I, I send it over to uh, to my my BitPay account, right? And and then it mm -hmm. converts it to fiat, and then I can use the card. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine had a Zappo card. That's how I know. That's why I know that this stopped working yesterday because he tried to pay for something with the Zappo card yesterday. He knew it was coming, so he, he did it, you know, voluntarily as a test to check whether the cutoff had happened. Um, but essentially, on the Zappo card, he would uh, he would load the crypto up onto a wallet that sat with Zappo, and he wouldn't have to worry about converting it to fiat. He would just walk into a merchant or go up to an ATM, and they would do it all in the back end in real time. 
Where could I find more information on on this shutdown? Like, where, where did you hear about this shutdown? It's the SEPA ruling relating to the issuing of prepaid crypto debit cards outside of the EU zone. Can you can you send me like an article or something so I could take a look at what that's all about? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure I could dig something up for you. I need it like now, man. Like now. Okay. Like, I'll like yesterday. Do it as soon that, as we finish the. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's crazy news. Interview. I'll do it for you, mate. That's crazy news. I can't believe they they, they did that. That you know, like that. See it, and and that goes yeah, this goes and, back and you know, to the. But this doesn't just affect one company. This affects a lot of companies because the unfortunate thing is there was one organization that was providing a white label service for all these crypto companies to be able to then brand their own cards, right? So when the ruling came down and it affected, uh, it essentially affected the white labeling issuer who was issuing the cards, it affected all their clients who were co-branding the card with them. I had one on order and I was informed, sorry, can't ship to you anymore. You're outside of the EU zone. Son of I a think bitch. The, system's gonna, the, the system will kick back, but uh, it can't last. Some way, somebody will find another alternative and there'll be another way. And, you know, I, I, I'm waiting for the day until we've got uh, Bitcoin ATMs everywhere. That, that would be awesome. Fetched. It's not no, far-fetched because you, you can actually buy these Bitcoin ATMs and start a Bitcoin um, on-ramp off-ramp business if you want. I saw some documentation on that the other day. Yeah, I, I, they actually have a few in New York. Yeah. So, you know, as more and more merchants realize the benefits of this, I think li the Lightning Network is going to, I'm hoping it's going to be a really big thing because if one can start to push microtransactions off chain. You now have an off chain network that scales that ultimately settles on chain eventually, right? But reduces the transaction fees. And with these payment, I'm, look, I'm no expert in it. I've just read some very basic documentation on it because I have an interest in it. But I think that once this lightning network really kicks in with its payment channels and developers start to develop applications that run on top of the Lightning Network and provide merchant services platforms and make it easy for people to interact and process transactions. Hopefully we'll see more and more merchants bite the bullet and say, yeah, we'll accept payment in Bitcoin and we'll even give you a discount because we don't have to pay bank charges. I, I have anyway. uh, in the chat. I don't know if you see it in the chat. We got somebody asking another question. Uh, when blockchain becomes the only way this carbon accounting is recorded, won't yeah. trust be unnecessary? Since since Hones Ty is built into the blockchain. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what they're saying there. Uh, right it, right now, people are expected to have faith in the process that they cannot see trust is what they don't know when you bring the whole environment impact mitigation arena into blockchain all the burden of that is hard to swallow it's hard to swallow trust 
Do you agree? I don't understand why. I don't really understand the how the question's phrased, but. Yes. Hold on. Let me link it to you. Maybe you can make some sense out of it. Or you can go to CryptoCoreRadio.com. Uh, okay, let me do that. No, I got you. I, I sent it to your Slack. It's in it. Okay. Into the sort here is when blockchain becomes the only way this carbon accounting is recorded, won't trust will be necessary. I think what they're trying to say there is will trust still be uh, unnecessary. Since honesty is built into the blockchain, right now people are expected to have faith in the process that they cannot see through, trust in what they don't know, yes. When you bring the whole environmental movement to blockchain, all the burden... Okay, all right, I understand the question. So, essentially, yes. Um, right now, if a company goes and performs an audit and they publish some document, some, some statement, um, where is the trust level in that? Well, actually, we're quite a long ways down the road of that inherent trust if they are following a known prescribed protocol like the greenhouse gas protocol because it's very very strict in terms of its rules as to how an organization needs to account for its emissions the next level of course is where that greenhouse gas uh, report or audit becomes visible on a public blockchain and it becomes part of an indelible record and at that point in time it certainly does remove the requirement for trust because we now can see there is an organization and bear in mind when one does these record keeping and accounting processes like the greenhouse gas protocol they're very closely linked to the financial records of the organization so in fact when we do these audits 99% of the information that we use to compile these orders actually come out of the accounting record, not out of physical on-the-ground uh, measurement processes. Some aspects do, like recording how much tonnage of waste they produce and things like that. But most of the information actually comes out of the accounting record, so it's not that hard to create the correlation and, and verify the authenticity of the data. So I think we're, we're, we're to answer the question on, on the channel, yes, once these audits are performed and they are stored as public records on a blockchain, there is no longer the requirement to have any trust actual report itself because it is now a trustworthy piece of information, if that makes any sense. All right. I, ho I hope that satisfies the person asking. So... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've been speaking about a lot of things. I really like talking about the environment. I'm big on alternative health care. Uh, you know, there's a lot I'm, of I'm really looking forward to the day. I'm looking forward to the day that that smart person or persons finds the blockchain answer to the healthcare problem, man, because that's going to shake things up in a big way. I, you know, we could think of so many so many things i mean we we really got to think about it though uh like i i want to improve water right i i want people to be drinking pure water all the time distilled water not the shit from the sink uh 
you know, is there a distiller that can act as a miner? You know, so when you're making water, it's actually making some special coin. <laughs> you know, that that would be really cool. You just sell the distillers with the with the counter on it. I mean, it's it's probably you know a bit far fetched. You know, people could could skew it, skew the numbers somehow. But but you, you know what I mean. Like if there's like a provable way to create a token by yeah, creating that, that... clean water. Don't ever forget, uh, you know, a few years ago, a guy called Isaac Asimov wrote about a few things which were very far-fetched. It was called science fiction. And today, they exist in the real world, like satellites and cell phones. So I think the, the truth is that it requires people with deep domain knowledge within certain domains to then apply themselves once they understand the, tran the distributed transactional uh, ledger technology paradigm and that requires a little bit of technical skill to be able to understand it but once you click it you can then start to apply your domain expertise to that paradigm and start to figure out how do you remove efficiency and how do you cut out the middlemen and how do you create more transparency and how do you make it more accessible and how do you make make it more secure like what we're doing. I mean, we're doing it in our uh, in our little space, that the space that we operate in. We've got this big, hairy, audacious goal of this thing that we're going to build, um, and we're going to do everything that we can to drive significant adoption, and create trust and transparency, and bring some efficiency gains and cost savings, and bring all these things into play to ultimately benefit the communities that are performing the work, as opposed to the current um, siloed, fragmented, privileged structures that benefit the middlemen, as opposed to the edge. Companies, I, you know, I, I just, I just feel, you know, uh, like I, me personally, I, I, I drink distilled water, my own made distilled water, not the, not the one you buy in a plastic gallon, uh, you know, from the store, because, you know, naturally distilled water leaches anything it touches. So you don't you don't ever want to drink that poison from the store, uh, but when you make your own distilled water in in a glass pot, uh, that water uh, is special. It actually cleans your system. Uh, it you know a lot of people you'll see a lot of a lot of things out there saying oh you can't drink distilled water it'll you know, it, it doesn't have any minerals in it you know it, it'll it'll make you weak you know but that that's nonsense you know you know you know how if you drink mineral water, you need to drink 680 cups of mineral water to equal the amount of minerals you need in your body for the day. So, yeah, sure. So that, so that, that's all rubbish, right? So yeah. mineral water is, is, is rubbish. And I'll tell you the reason why they put minerals in your water is because if you don't, it'll leach the plastic that it's in. So it needs mm -hmm. minerals in it in order for it. For the for them to use plastic uh, containers, uh, what you know H two O naturally you know pulls it, it it adapts to whatever it touches and and it, and it and it leaches from it. So yes. when you drink pure distilled water, it's not leaching minerals from your body, which is what they want you to think. It's actually detoxifying your your whole system. It's it, it what yeah. this medical grade water is a beautiful thing. And, well, you I know, mean, this this container thing that you mentioned is another big story, you know. I mean, 
Liquid should be stored in glass. Everything glass should be, er, anything that goes you know, in your body should be in glass. And it's, and it's biodegradable. Plastic is, <laughs> plastic is terrible. It's really, really bad for the environment. I always glass. I always use glass. Glass is made out of rock. It's a natural thing. I have a friend who, who goes sailing here from Mauritius a lot. About two or three times a year, he goes sailing to some outlying islands. And the last time he came back, he, he brought back some photographs, um, which he showed me. And I was shocked. Eh? I was absolutely shocked. He, he's out in the middle of nowhere in the, in the southern Indian Ocean on a pristine island where nobody lives. And it is literally the shores are it's like a rubbish dump from all this uh, pollution and plastic and stuff that's floating in the sea. Yep, yep. And that's why you can't trust the water. And the oil, the oil spills, you know, that, that water goes all over the place. The radiation uh, that's leaking from all these, uh, these plants, right? Uh, these, these, uh, the reactor thing, the Fujiyama story. Yeah, I mean it's already it's already it's already in the waters. I mean it 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 hit the it yeah. hit the east coast. They're finding it yeah, in people's good. milk. Yeah, yeah, it's killing the it's killing the Pacific. They're finding it in, mil in milk in California. Uh, it's mm. it's really there's radiation now in the milk. I mean, I personally take iodine regularly. That's something everybody should do. A uh, little iodine on my wrist. You know, I do it once once a week. Uh, it helps it helps keep the any any contamination out of your body. But uh, you know, there's also something called nascent iodine, which uh, is taken orally. And, yes. You know, and you could you could keep this stored on the side just in case there is some type of crazy radiation, you know, that happens one day. You know, you you could be prepared for when that happens. And what was that other thing you told me about? Um, the uh, the iodized the iodized water. What was it? The thing that you did to water? You put this thing in it. Colloidal silver. Thing? Yeah, yeah, that and something else that you did to the water. Uh, you I I oh ozone ozonated water. Yes, yes, that's it. Ozone. Yeah, I, I, after distillation, I create my water, and it's in a glass jug. I, uh, I, I, I could do two things oh, with it. I, I ozone sorry, it. Sorry, mate. Sorry, let me just get rid of that. Okay. So go. I, I ozonate my water. I, I actually have an ozone machine, and I yes. add an, I, I add an oxygen to my H2O, making it H2O2. And H2O2 is uh, the chemical, uh, you know, what was the, the, the ID for hydrogen peroxide. That's what H2O2 is. It's hydrogen peroxide, right? It's the composition yeah. for hydrogen. So with that, uh, hydrogen peroxide is very healthy for you. You can drink it all you want, uh, but not the one from the bottle in the store because they put an extra chemical in it. Hydrogen peroxide has a half-life. If you leave it out, it'll turn back to water in about an hour, maybe less. So you can't you can't really use hydrogen peroxide, a fresh freshly made hydrogen peroxide. Uh, but it's as powerful as chlorine. It is very strong, and you could drink it. And 
it cleans out your system beautifully. I mean, it's 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 a it's another thing I another thing I do all the time. Uh, colloidal silver, I could I actually get you know silver rods and I, and I create my own colloidal silver and I'll drink that from time to time, uh, just to power up my immune system. Uh, especially when I when I'm feeling like you know, or or I go next to somebody that looks like they're sick. Oh yeah, I was quite intrigued about that stuff that you you sent me on that the the Bob Beck stuff. I, obviously, I've been <laughs> they're going to have time if they try and run a, a token sale is crazy. But uh, so I haven't had time to really look into it. I really I will look into it once this this madness finishes. There's so many hacks. It looks very interesting. There's so many like life hacks that you need to know about. You know. So many things you you really need to know about, like like the the effects of fresh milk on the body. I mean, I'm I'm talking about like really raw milk from the cow, not that shit in the supermarket. I mean, there's there's really some amazing things out there. I mean, I I could go I could go on and on about you know crystals and their metaphysical properties and, but, you know I I have crystal I have different types of crystals all around my desk, uh, because scientifically. Uh, forget the you know metal their metaphysical properties they actually if you put uh if you put a lot of pressure on a crystal it actually emits a charge did you know that it emits a, an electrical charge Correct. and uh naturally if if you keep them around you and i have i have a, a bunch on my neck uh it actually absorbs emf signals you know so you know, I, with all these computer, all this computer equipment around me, I you know I need as much protection as possible. But if you know, it's it's there's a lot of life hacks you could do to try to make yourself a better person. Yeah, it's just a pity that all these um, that all these things that you speak about seem to be on the fringes and have been pushed aside. And essentially, um, it's kind of like they've been discredited, like the Bob Beck stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, well, there's Maxwell the Gerson. Biggest. You know, the Gerson, the Gerson therapy uh, is uh, is the mir There's a there's a show called The Miracle of Water uh, on YouTube. It's still there. Uh, the Bob Beck thing. I'm surprised. That, you know, you know how many times they've taken it down off YouTube, and people just keep reposting it. Yes, I'm sure. I found one day after we spoke the last time. I did have a quick look, and I actually found uh, the. I think it was on the link you sent me. In that channel, there was actually somebody who taken the time to go and research all the um, original sources of information, and has posted links to all the original papers and everything there. You can you can actually download the actual original paper that he presented with the diagrams to make the machine and everything. Yep, electricity. He said Bob Beck said that uh, God left the back door to our health. Uh, it's called electricity. And, you know, if you, you know, Albert, Albert Einstein University patented the fact that if you electrify blood, it brings it, it, it totally removes anything from it and brings it back to the time when you were a baby, you know, like the baby's blood, you know, when yes. pure, the, in its purest form, your, your blood goes back to normal. Uh, with, without it, all the toxins and the parasites, it totally kills it all. And, you know, that's what, that's what, uh, what's that? Is it electrolysis? No, what's, what's that? What's that? Uh, God damn it. What's, 
You know when they take the blood out of your body and then they put it back in, they electrify it I and they put it back in. Uh, dialysis. Dialysis. Mm. So, you know, when they do dialysis, they're taking the blood out, they electrify it, and they put it back in. And they, you know, it's they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great procedure. How about electrifying the blood right on you and stop and stop mm. messing around with these little games, you know, because you know how how many how, how long you got to do that for because you, you're taking it out. You, you're electrifying, you're electrocuting a little bit of blood and then you're putting it back in the body. That could take forever. But, you know, Bob Beck has a method where you put the electricity right on your wrist and you electrify your blood right there and then. Uh, and you just clean, clean your blood, man. I mean, you got to be careful when doing that, though. There's a lot of precautions. You can't be on any medications. You can't be smoking cigarettes uh, for at least two weeks. Uh, you know, because everything you, when you electrify your blood, everything is, uh, amped up 30 times. Yes. Third, you know, so you definitely need to be careful and do it. The, you know, there's a safe procedure to doing these things. Don't just go electrify your blood. No, but it, it definitely did intrigue me as a, as a potentially holistic way of looking at, um, personal, personal health. You know, we, think... we run to the doc. We, we we run to the doctor when we get sick, but we should actually be looking after ourselves all the time. Then you don't have to run to the doctor. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many so many things we could talk about. Honestly, uh, you know, you, you have nerve nerve issues and nerve damage. You know, go, look look into the violet ray. There's a device that Tesla himself created that was used for I don't know 30, 40 years before the before the 1920s. And every doctor had one. They actually brought it to your house in a suitcase. If you could, you could buy them on eBay. Uh, the original ones in their suitcases that the doctors actually brought to people's houses to use on people uh, before the FDA decided it was a you know a quack tool. Uh, it actually it's known to regrow nerves. And now these days there's 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 actually a smaller version of it that they've recreated where they're using it on skincare. To, uh, you know, for, so here's for an idea. So here's an idea. Maybe we need somebody to put together a blockchain platform where um, cancer survivors and people who've used alternative medicines and healed themselves can go and place their records as a permanent record of trust to allow others to be able to access that information. Yeah. Because yeah. well, it just seems be... to me like. You know, it just seems to me like there is so many, there are so many of these alternative ways of doing things which are better and more efficient and are, be, are, are healthier for you, if we're talking healthcare, yet they marginalize and they push to the edges and the people who create them and who, who try to evangelize them are discredited and pushed into the realm of madmen and so on. Um, so it never gets mainstream adoption. It's a, a patient. Uh, oh, there. That's the saying. A patient cured is is a patient lost. You know, in the medical. Yes. And, uh, you know, they they don't want to lose any patients. They make a lot of money on patients. You know, God forbid you you but, healed yourself in some some known way that's been going. You know, colloidal silver has been around for hundreds of years. Roman times, J Japanese it, used it. I don't know if I'm speaking crap here, but isn't it uh, isn't this in in Japan? Doesn't it work this way with doctors? You pay your doctor while you're healthy like a marginal retainer every month. And the minute you get sick, you stop paying him. So it's in his interest to keep you healthy. I heard that somewhere. I don't know how true it is. It might be absolute bullshit. 
Or you could pay me, you know, put me on retainer if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get incentives. sick. Why does Bitcoin work? Because everybody's incentives are correctly aligned. That's what we need. Realignment of incentives. Yeah. Well, you know, what? I, like I said, I could go on and on. We could get into B17 and Laetrile and, you know, that that's another cure for cancer. I mean, there's so many, so many things. I, I, I personally have a secret website that I give to family members only. It's under password. And, uh, you know, I, I don't make it public. I don't need uh, police knocking on my front door. Uh, but you know, I've I've done research for years now on this stuff, and I just keep improving. Uh, there's a cool there's a cool guy. He's so you you Israel domain expert in this particular area. Why don't you come up with a an innovative, disruptive blockchain solution that's decentralized that cannot be shut down? Uh, if I could, I would, man. Uh, I've been so busy with with core uh, crypto, core radio, and crypto core media and our expansion right now but uh you know what once things calm down you know maybe i could do like an idea of my own i think it would be very interesting people want to know people want to know people are well, hungry for information you, you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of like like uh an aunt of mine uh, her boyfriend has iron issues his body builds too much iron you know and she called me the other day and i and what could he do? You know, there's something called bloodletting. Remember bloodletting? Where you know, you take. Not, not, I'm not familiar with it. You know, doctors used to you know take out blood from the body to reduce the amount of iron in in a person's body, and that's the only way I know to to fix right. his his particular situation. You know, so bloodletting has been around a long time, and they don't even do it anymore. So I mean it. There's a, a lot of old techniques. You know, you know, I have this amazing book. It's it's over a hundred years old. Uh, I'll sh I'll show you one day. It's it's really the the practices in it are um, really awesome. You you'll be like, I can't believe they were doing stuff like this back in the day. Ancient techniques. Yeah, it's an ancient book. I have. I, I bought it on eBay about ten years ago, and it's it's now well over a hundred year old book on medical practices all right brother yeah, amazing. Uh, let, let's 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 do this regularly man i like talking about health no you should you yeah should. i'm very i'm very i'm very interested to to see when there's somebody with true domain knowledge from healthcare um and i think the the intersection is it's the funding intersection that's critical. Um, I'm very, I'm keeping my eye out to see who's going to come up with the healthcare answer on the blockchain, because that's that's going to, wow, that's going to shake things up in a big, big way. You know, what we're doing is, we're, what we're doing is, I think, important because it, it, it addresses a, a critical area. If we don't, if we don't readdress our practices and actually become environmentally sustainable then we're going to leave we're not going to leave a good legacy for for our children and their grandchildren but healthcare affects people in the here and the now and uh i think it's going to be very interesting when when somebody comes up with that that blockchain solution that's going to start to shake that industry because that industry needs a shake up a proper one yeah yeah i agree
All right, man. Let, let's get together. Let's get together next week. Let's make this a weekly thing. Let's, you know, I, I'll come. I, I'll make it a little more organized. You know, this one was a little out of control. You know, but yeah, you know, you, you're you're big on the environmental, you know, disaster mitigations, right? I mean, I'm big on actual healthcare, alternate healthcare, and you know, a lot of ways to hack your life for the better. Mm-hmm. No, sounds yeah. good, man. I mean, obviously, it's it's at the moment we're uh, we're we're crazy, crazy hectic, uh, busy with this uh, this token sale. We uh, we were very blessed to have two um, real hardcore advisors join our team literally this morning. Oh yeah, that's for uh, Earth Token. Yeah, yeah. We we had uh, Gavin Knight and um, and his partner Sam have joined us. And they bring with them a wealth of experience and knowledge and network of contacts and the benefits of their involvement has already been felt immediately just by them being around and advising us. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Gavin Knight sounds I mean, like I, a good porn name. A... <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's an old VC. Well, not an old guy. He's, he's a, he's a young, young chap who's been involved in VC in the Bitcoin space since 2013. So by those standards, by those measurements, he's uh, he's been in the game for a while. And his partner used to run the first fund that was entirely crypto-based. His fund, his partner fund, founded BitAngels, and they had ran a fund which was entirely crypto-based and only made crypto investments. As have come on board, um, so things are starting to shake up on our end. But yeah, I, I, it's actually nice to be able to take a, a few minutes out from the, the hectic schedule and, and have a chat with you about these things. So why not? Let's do it, man. All right, cool. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure talking with you. You know, I like to have uh, good conversations. Yeah, I like man. to I, I like to go on my rants. You know, a lot of people talk about my rants. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about, spe you know, specific topics and... Uh, well, the thing is, if you if you if if you don't rant about them, it means you're not passionate. Yeah, you know, it it, it makes my blood boil sometimes. The things I've seen out there, but you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, let's let's do this again next week. Yeah, yeah, man, great. Thanks for for the invite, man. I'll speak to you soon. All right, Leonard. Uh, everybody, that was Leonard. Uh, you know, he is uh, a fascinating gentleman uh, who is very open-minded, and uh, that's all you really need to be to be part of my club. So. Uh, if you if you guys want to have things to contribute, you know what? Send me a message and come on. Come on, come on and hang out with us and talk with us. Let's talk about how we can make the world a better place. All right, everybody. This is Lutz. Love you all. Signing out.